Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Today I'm with Rowena Mulwood. Rowena is the co-founder of Mac Morgan Next Practice Marketing. She's had 25 years in large blue chip multinationals, from marketing to business leadership to change leadership. She's lived all over the world in USA, Singapore, Australia, working with local and global brands and many teams. She survived cancer at 33 and is now the mother of two beautiful girls and the author of Uncomfortable Growth. Uh, Rowena's actually also nurtured my personal and professional career growth over the last nine years, taking me through uncomfortable growth. And the insightful and profound tools that she's shared with me have been life-changing. Thank you for all the learnings you share now and forever. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Chanel. It's, it's part of what I love to do. Well, tell me a bit about how you came onto this path. So what I like to call the cosmic moments of your life that have led you to become this career mentor and the, tra- the trajectory that you're on at the moment with your book and all, all these things. things. Yeah. So it's interesting because um, I guess over, you know, working in corporate for around 22, 23 years, um, at the start you, you're kind of learning your functional skills and building a career but in the last 10 years, I got a lot more interested in leadership, in personal development, and the relationship between personal growth and organizational growth. And everyone says the words growth and leadership, growth and leadership, whether it's growing a business um, or people development, but there's no real clarity on how to do it. Um, and I've read some of the greats like Stephen Covey, Renee Brown, but there's not a lot of stuff out there that is really practical and simple on how to do it. So I put myself back into the shoes of when I was leading large teams, you know, running a business. You have so much on. Your calendar is literally scheduled from 8 a.m. through to 6 p.m. that you need something really simple and practical. So that kind of led me to a very pragmatic approach around how do you help people figure out how to do this on the go, on the run, on the fly? Because we're all busy mm. and we don't have time just to kind of take a month out and learn this stuff. Mm. Um, so that's part of it. The other part is around this idea of uncomfortable growth and it's the uncomfortable side. I think in society where we have so much wealth um, in terms of money, if you think about the average salary that people now earn versus decades ago. If you think about what we have in our homes, if I think about what my children get on a daily basis versus what I had growing up, we have so much material wealth. But I also think it's led us to mistake comfort with wealth or comfort is good. And comfort isn't good. It's not good for growth. Mm. So, you know, just because we've got all these things doesn't mean that it's actually good for how we can continue to grow. And you have to be comfortable putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. The uncomfortable growth piece is really around embracing the uncomfortable, seeing it as a positive, 
um, putting yourself out there, not thinking that I've achieved this much and now I'm in my comfort zone and that's where I want to stay. It's about recognising that you always need to put yourself out there. And with the rate of change continuing to increase, I think all of us sometimes feel that we just want to hunker down and hide under the covers. And I hear a lot of organisations and people talking about coping with change. And I actually think that's the wrong thing. We don't want to be coping with change. We want to be embracing change. That is uncomfortable. Otherwise, we all feel overwhelmed and not able to deal with being uncomfortable and recognising that being uncomfortable is part of growth. So I guess a lot of um, what's led me here is thinking about the trends I see with change getting faster, with people feeling overwhelmed and really trying to cope with change and looking for comfort, what's easy, because they're scared of change rather than learning how to embrace it and building that uncomfortable muscle that Mm. goes with growth. Because it is something you can learn from a mindset point learn how to embrace and it strengthens over time like a muscle so with what you're offering is that going into the psychology behind what's happening when you're going through these times of growth Mm. so basically it's how you can own your own growth I i think the first thing to recognize is that our readiness for growth shifts throughout life it's not a one speed Mm. So if I think back um, in my own life, there have been times when, um, say, for example, I was ready to really grow in my career. There were times when I wanted to be uncomfortable, say, moving overseas, moving to different countries, um, working with a completely different set of people. But I felt ready to grow. Other times in my career, I haven't felt ready to grow because I had other things going on. So say, for example, after I had my first baby, I was going through such high growth in that aspect of my life, which was around family, that I didn't want to suddenly have this high level of growth in my career because it would have been too much. And so I think the first couple of points I'd make is that everyone has a different happy level of growth. Mm. Um, so some people are, as you know, they're all out there and they just are people who just want to go, go, go. And other people have a lower level of desired growth and that's okay. What I'm all about is how do you find the right level of growth for you? So what happens when it's not the chosen growth, when it's just the growth that's thrown at you? Mm. Mm. I've got a framework that mm. really recognises that growth can come from choice Mm. All growth can come from response. So I call it my wait or create growth mm-hmm. framework. Sometimes it can just be waiting and you're, you know, waiting for something to happen. You, you may not realize that actually you can go and create growth yourself. So you don't have to be stuck. You can actually go and create growth. Um, but then other times growth just comes at you and you have to be ready to respond, which is why it's so important to build up and understand your own level of growth. Everyone's level of growth, the desired level of growth is different, and that's okay. There's no right or wrong, Mm -hmm. but it's important for you to understand what's right for you and when you want to ramp up or ramp down or what aspect of your life you're ready to ramp up. Say, is it career Mm. or is it family or is it personal purpose? Mm. So thinking about it as something that you own and can control. And then growth also, um, of course, happens through choice Mm -hmm. or through circumstance. So how can you think about your growth as something you can create 
but also something you can control if it is thrown at you. And there all the unforeseen things could be health. Mm. Um, you know, I myself suddenly had cancer at the age of 33 when I'd been perfectly healthy. That was a huge challenge that was thrown at me. have to have a mindset that's ready to deal with that. Mm. Um, and those things can happen in lots of different ways, whether it's in your job being made redundant, whether it's in your personal life with relationships or health, even travelling. Things happen when you travel, mm. some great and some very unforeseen. So it's really recognising that being uncomfortable is part of your growth and you can actually control your growth by how you respond to it. Yeah, so it's that reaction space. With your mentorship and your teaching, is that where you sit? Yeah, I think it's both because Mm. both happen all the time um, to varying degrees. There's always going to be the growth you can create and choose, and I think a lot of people forget that. I think a lot of people wait for things to happen, Mm -hmm. and usually we're waiting for good things to happen. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, how do I find a new job but you know what does that look like I'm not sure so I'll wait until something else happens then there's the other side which is things happen to you and so you can create growth Mm -hmm. and you can also choose how you respond to those unforeseen circumstances which may be good or bad but you can also choose how you grow from them so you know it's very much like a car you've got an accelerator you've got a brake you can turn right, you can turn left, you can do a U-turn. Yeah. There's no right or wrong, um, but you do need to know that you are able to drive a car. So you can choose where you're going. How you get there may be through things you instigate or things that happen to you, but you're still in that car and you can still work out where you're going to. So your teachings are very much about mind shift and being in control like life's not happening to you you're in the car you're in control absolutely and and the word control I think um, can be different things for different people but mm. people think of control as um, not not letting unforeseen things happen and that's not what I'm talking about so when yeah. I say control it's about choosing how you want to be so choosing to create growth or choosing your response when there's a circumstance that happens outside of your control. So in that sense, yes, you are in control of your response and your choice, but you're not in control of all of the circumstances around you. Mm. Previously, you've used really great analogies with the elements, saying, you know, personality types can be like water, or can you unpack those analogies a little bit? Because I really love how you explain how different people, depending on their personality type, can relate to times of uncomfortable growth or change. Mm, absolutely. why it's really important for me to recognise that everyone can grow, but everyone's rate of growth that's right for them is different. Because mm. people are individual. And people have uh, very different personalities and openness to change or fear of change. And so I'm not about this is the one approach. It's all about how you as an individual feel that you can, can own your growth but also live your best life. Yeah. When I use analogies about people, and if I think of my two daughters, 
they're very different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you know them well, so yeah. you can attest to this. My eldest daughter, she's very analytical. She likes clarity. She likes more black and white. Very focused and determined. So she's she is in many ways a perfectionist. But she also gets stressed out with, well, what if things don't go to plan? And that's what I mean by a perfectionist. She stresses about that. So for her, she's trying to control everything. Mm. She needs to learn that you can't control the things around you. You can control how you respond or you can control how you move forward and create and create new ways to grow. I compare her to my younger daughter who is very open, um, very much in the moment, doesn't stress about anything in the future. She just laughs. She's open to all possibilities because she's not necessarily um, thinking about a specific path of Mm. what she wants to achieve. And for her, her growth will come from probably thinking a bit more about where does she want to go rather than just going with the flow. So the two of them are quite different. And if, you know, if I had to think of them as an analogy, I think, I think of um, horses. Now, bear with me with this. My eldest daughter would be an equestrian horse who has braided hair, practices, thoroughbred. She is aiming for that perfection. Mm. And that's not always great because we know that things aren't always perfect. Life is not perfect. My younger daughter, I think of as a Shetland pony, and my husband's family is from Shetland, but these ponies are so cute and rugged and strong and, you know, they're all different. They'll have a blonde mane with a black tail. They're quite eclectic and they're really, really happy horses. So she's much more like a Shetland pony. This is where who you are as an individual needs to be taken into account of what's right for you. And let's just recognize that all of us are dealing with growth and how do we grow positively in our lives. But we're all coming from a different starting point because everyone's different. Is part of your teaching then to recognize the difference as individual growth? Yeah, absolutely. If I was to talk you through the simple framework. Yeah, that would be great. So there's four stages of the framework. Um, And the first two are all about reflection on who you are. Mm -hmm. So the first question, which most people can answer quite easily, is what I do. So if I was to talk about myself in terms of what I do, I have my own business. I do marketing, customer experience excellence, but also leadership Mm -hmm. and growth and mentoring. And I'm looking to move much more into this area of, um, of growth around uncomfortable growth. I have two children and a husband, um, obviously a broader family and friends community, and I'm a busy working mum. Yeah. So I can tell you pretty easily what I do. But it's important to actually capture that down because we have multiple aspects to our lives. And so uncomfortable growth applies to both work, um, also to relationships, um, and also to your purpose or how you want to leave a legacy. Mm. So it's not just one part or one dimension it's multiple dimension because we've got whole lives that's the first thing what do I do in my whole life the second question um, that is important to think through is what I know so what what is it I know you know I've been alive myself now for 47 years Mm -hmm. and if I was to reflect back on all of my experiences and I really have to start to think deeply about well what what is it I know what have I learned over these last 47 years what is it I love what is it 
I don't like? Mm. What are my top three values that are most important to me? Can I articulate what they are? So for me, my top values um, are all around potential possibilities and growth. Mm. You need to really be clear and we often don't take time to even think back and reflect on who we are and what we know. When you can get to that point, then the next step, which is often the most challenging for people, is to look at what could be. And one of the things that we tend to do is we try to go from point A to point B in one step. For example, if I'm in my current job and I don't like it, Mm -hmm. I want to see a better job, but I want to know what that better job is before I leave my current job. And I want to know that straight away. Otherwise, I'm probably just going to stay doing what I'm doing. I might talk to a headhunter or maybe start to search, but I want to know what that next thing is. And that's actually the mistake because we don't give ourselves enough time to actually create possibilities and explore different possibilities because we go straight into what is that next thing. Like jumping across. We try and jump straight across rather than thinking of it as a ladder which we need to take a path that goes down into a ravine and then back up the other side. We try and jump straight across and then if we can't see that straight line that's perfect, then we just stay stuck. Mm. When you stop thinking about it as um, a quick solution, Mm. which I need to figure out what's next exactly, so if this job comes up, then I take it, then you give yourself permission to actually explore. And when you start exploring with clarity around not only what you do but what you know about yourself mm-hmm. what is it that you really want to be doing and you start to explore and you start to reach out to other people who can help you in in that journey so you're not asking for a solution you're asking to explore and to look for possibilities and you're giving yourself permission to do that things take time so you know do that phase for three months mm-hmm. you know depending on what your challenge is it may take longer But make sure that you've considered all the possibilities that could be out there and you will find that as you go through that process, you will come up with different insights or different choices that you would choose through that process. If you start to then say what could be and think of that as possibilities, Mm. once you're clear around what are some of these new possibilities I haven't even thought about that could be things I would want, then you can start to narrow down and say, actually, the things that I would choose, Mm. so what do I choose, are actually different to that, you know, jump I tried to make directly across. Give yourself time so when you have what I know, you can move into what could be and really explore that. And you'd be surprised that when you open yourself up like that, that all these opportunities or possibilities will come your way that you haven't even considered because you're open to it. Mm. And then when you've kind of had a chance to sort through that, you'll actually find that your choices will be different because you've given yourself the opportunity to identify what is it that you really want and see what's what's possible. By actually going through those four steps, so what I do, what I know, what could be, and then finally what I choose, Mm. you will actually end up at a place that's very different to if you just try to say, okay, what is the next thing? And if I can't see the answer, then I'll stay where I am. Who's been your biggest mentor in this stage? I know you've taken so many different pathways and you've had so much uncomfortable growth yourself. Have you had a strong mentor in your life? Yeah, great question. Um, I think my, my husband definitely because 
we've made choices together that's taken us um, overseas and I guess outside of what would be my comfort zone. Mm. Um, and he's been really supportive. So, you know, when we moved overseas with um, my career, even though he was more senior and it meant um, putting his career on hold. So I think that's had a big contribution to me getting to where I am today. But I think the other, the other part is when you start to have real conversations with people. Mm. Um, so if I think about the world we live in, fast-paced messaging everywhere, social media to a certain extent, um, and I like social media, it, it shows perfection. Mm. And when you actually start to talk to people, you know that life is challenging. It's not all perfect. Yeah. Um, and then when you get beyond having a conversation around whatever it is I'm doing, because the I'm doing thing, I'm busy, I'm busy with kids and with life and with work, when you actually say, where are you at mm. personally um, or what were your moments of uncomfortable growth and what did you learn? Like it's incredible what you find out from people who you may already know but you just didn't know their whole story. Yeah. And the thing that always inspires me is that um, everyone has an incredible story. You just don't know what it is because it's not really something that is socially normal yeah. <laughs> to say to someone, okay, well, what are your three biggest uncomfortable growth moments and what did you learn and how did that shape you? Yeah. And so it's all there. It all exists. Everyone has an incredible uncomfortable growth story, but it just doesn't come out. And so now I make a habit of um, asking people. Yeah. And I'm, again, always so impressed that everyone's happy to share. It's just that we don't ask in in general society and conversation because it just feels a bit too deep. Yeah, and confronting. And, and confronting. Rude almost. Yeah, rude. and sometimes rude, but when you're asking it with genuine empathy and mm. genuine sharing you know everyone has the most incredible stories and so I think um you know trying to rebalance the perfect world we see mm. with the reality of what's really going on is a really important part of uncomfortable growth it's okay and to, to recognize that growth is uncomfortable that it's sometimes really hard it's sometimes really challenging and that we're all figuring things out, you know, yeah. not only when we're in our teens, in our 20s, but into our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and it's part of life. So, yeah, part of, part of my passion for uncomfortable growth is to help other people um, understand that it's something that's happening to everyone and, you know, there's so much we can learn from each other if we just share mm. and how to do that. And that's a great segue into your next question. What have been your three most, in a nutshell, your three biggest uncomfortable mm. growth points of your life up to now? So they were all pretty significant. The first I would say is when I was in my 20s, I actually married quite young and, um, and it ended up not working out. We weren't thinking about the people we were still becoming. Mm. For whatever reasons, we ended up separating. But the reason why this was a huge growth moment for me is because 
So many of my mum's friends came out and said, I wish I'd left my husband years ago. Mm. I think I think it's really brave what she's doing. And that was something I really didn't expect. Like in the middle of this, it was obviously very traumatic for not just us um, but also our families. But what that gave me an insight into is that um, people are scared and then they don't do things and they regret things. Mm. And I'm not advocating divorce or breaking up relationships as something just to do on a whim at all. But when so many people came forward and said, I I regret that I didn't do something similar, that really made me think differently. Yeah. So um, I guess it was... And how powerful your actions can influence other people. Yeah, it it was unexpected. That Mm. insight was unexpected. So that, I guess, made me resolve to always be open, but to make a conscious choice. Yeah. And to not not choose is, mm. is really important. So that would be the first one. Um, the second one would be, I think, moving overseas. Um, mm. And I've done that twice, as mentioned, with my husband. And um, just the experience of living in another country, working with people from different cultures. The US is an interesting one because on a global level, it seems that there's a lot of similarities between yeah. Australia and the US. Um, we all grew up with the Brady Bunch, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happy days, etc. Um, but there's actually some real differences um, in in culture, and so again, understanding how people think, the assumptions behind their thinking, and the assumptions behind their behaviours are actually really important. Mm-hmm. And it's not that one is right or wrong; it's just that they're different. And when I then ended up doing um, a role across Asia Pacific, um, working with 14 different countries with all different cultures, I think that just gave me um, such an insight into going deeper beyond the surface to really understand who people are and what drives them and their assumptions and how to openly share that. Mm. Um, So I guess that's also had a big impact on me wanting to go below the surface. Mm. Um, So, you know... There's stuff that we all do every day that's part of our jobs or what we do on the surface, but that's not who people are. And it's really important to understand who they are and celebrate that and find that deeper connection. And differences are fabulous. So that, and that carried out too when we also lived in Singapore. Um, I loved living in Singapore also for my children who were young because they got to celebrate every different type of religion, go to school with people from all around the world. Um, and I love that. So I love that diversity and that individualism of really understanding the person. So that would have been number two. And number three probably would have been um, when, you know, when I had cancer and when you're 33, I was actually, um, I just had my first baby. So she was only six weeks old when I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. Um, it was lymphoma. And when you're suddenly, you know, you think you're bulletproof and you're, you know, just at this really important point of a new life stage and you've had a baby and you're figuring that out and you've got no sleep and all that sort of stuff, to have something like that just flung at you, highly unexpected, um, but so significant that it really makes you think what's important. Yeah. 
Um, and why why do I do what I do? Why do I want to stay in this world? And I guess not take things for granted. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we get anxious about or we stress about. There's actually not. Yeah. Um, but it's hard not to stress about it when you don't have necessarily that that personal comparison. So for me, going from, you know, stress of being a new mum, which is stressful, don't get me wrong, that is very stressful. Yeah. Um, but then comparing that to the stress of possibly dying, you just have a whole new spectrum yeah. and perspective over what really matters and what's important. Um, and I think that's also led me, all of these three things have definitely led me to uncomfortable growth and wanting to help people learn how they can, you know, own their growth and expand their life. Amongst the moments or the cosmic moments that have such great insights into life, I think those can also be the scariest moments. And so how do you, how does fear fit into the framework of what you teach? Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, fear is probably the thing that holds us back the most. Mm. Um, And it's sad because often fear isn't real, but it feels real. It feels so real. (laughs) It does, and we can all relate to fear. Um, so, so part of my framework, particularly when you're moving from what I know to what could be, mm. that's where fear is at its greatest because you actually have to take action. Um, now, action is actually the antidote to fear mm. because as you start to do stuff, you find out and learn more and the fear goes away. As you feel that you're... Um, it's not as scary and unknown as you learn more, the fear starts to subside. So action is the antidote to fear, but taking that action is really hard and we often stop. So the important um, point that we spend a lot of time on in my training programs and mentoring programs is how do you recognize that fear is normal Mm. um, and it's actually the the yin to the yang of courage so if i try to explain that a little bit more if you think of yin and yang so they're two sides of a whole yeah uh fear and courage are actually also two sides of a whole so often to be courageous you're actually feeling fear so think of people on the battlefield going to war think of acts of courage it's not that people weren't fearful they were but their courage enabled them to act anyway. So don't think of courage as not being next to fear. It's, it's, it's the yin and the yang to fear. Mm. So if you're feeling fear, that doesn't mean you can't take action and that you can't be courageous, you can. It's just that often we feel that we can't. So do you have techniques that you instill to kind of bring that courage up or to go into action to, to overcome fear? really is that yeah absolutely so that's a big part around how do you move forward Mm -hmm. and how do you shift your mindset from fear of making a mistake which generally is what causes the fear fear that is going to be a bad thing fear that is going to be a worse outcome fear that I'll make a mistake um how do you listen to your fear but switch your mind to be open to be curious So rather than feeling that I'm about to make a mistake, be curious and just know that you're exploring possibilities. 
okay? Mm. Because when you start to think of it as I'm exploring, well, then you're not making a mistake because you haven't made a bad decision or a bad action. So a lot of how you can move forward and still feel the fear but do it anyway is to be able to switch your mindset to curiosity and then take action that helps you explore. And, you know, once you actually start to learn around what are those possibilities um, and even, you know, whoever you're approaching or however you're doing it, even saying I'm just exploring feels very different to I'm making a decision that people think he's stupid or I think he's stupid and I'm really scared of failing. Yeah, this is, yeah, I like that one. Exploring. (laughs) Yes, I'm exploring. I'm being curious. I'm being open. Um, You know, I'm, I'm just seeing what is possible. Yeah. I'm seeing what could be, which is, again, that third step, you know, when you go from what I do and what I know to what could be before you then say what I choose. Mm. So that what could be is exploring, is being open. It's the possibility rather than the decision which makes people fear that they've made a mistake or that they'll fail. Thank you for those insights, Ro. I think overcoming fear is an ongoing challenge when mastering transitions during times of change. Show staple is your favourite quote. Could you give us one of your favourites that may benefit our listeners? Yeah, so um, it's a Da Vinci quote Mm -hmm. and it's um, people of accomplishment rarely sit back and let things happen to them. They go out and happen to things. And I just, I love the positivity of not waiting, but going out and creating Mm -hmm. Um, and creating what is your life. At the end of the day, only you can look back and say, did I live my best life? Mm. Did I create my best life? Um, with my choices along the way. No matter what happens, I I made choices to create my best life. Mm, I absolutely love that. What about a book or books that you would recommend to our listeners that have been inspirational and informational to you on your journey? So um, one of my favourite books, and I've reread it probably five times, Mm. is Synchronicity, The Inner Path of Leadership. And it's by Jaworski. It must be 25 years old, but it is an incredible book. And it very much um, is in this space of, you know, once you commit, providence moves too. So once you start to explore um, and you really open yourself up, up to possibilities, then you'll actually find that the universe moves too. And that's why he calls it synchronicity. Um And, you know, he wrote this book after going through his personal journey. And so he's got amazing insights um, all the way through. So that's definitely one book I would recommend. And a second one, which I also love, again, written about 20, 25 years ago, um, is Susan Jeffers. And she wrote Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Um, And it's an incredible book because um, it focuses more on fear, obviously, and what holds you back. But... Um, she's very grounded, very real, very practical, and I think very relatable for a lot of people who, you know, are fearful and mm. scared to um, to actually explore and to make choices that expand their life. 
Those are wonderful recommendations. Thank you, Ro. Thank you for your conversations, insights, and depth of knowledge that you've shared with us today. If you would like to get in touch with Rowena, contact her at rowena at macmorgan.co or go find out more about her at www.macmorgan.co forward slash Rowena. I'll put this all in the show notes. I hope that today's conversation has given you some insights that encourages you to move forward, make choices that will allow you to live your best life. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about us, head over to Facebook to Cosmic Moments and give us a like or a review and that will help us get found amongst more people just like you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.